What's up, you beauties, and welcome to HW 3.51. I'm Jim, joined, as always, by Jack and Kyle. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker. Quick shout-out to the affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com and bellyupsports.com. Bellyupsports, they do what the others don't. Huge announcement coming Sunday for Belly Up Sports and for us. And while you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net. If you like clean, if you like sleek, if you like sexy, go check out our site, your new favorite Philadelphia Flyers site. Boys. I feel like we need to do it like a a calendar. Should we? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. He took that a little too serious. Um, I'm already in my skivvies. (laughs) Big news. Jim had said. The mystery podcast that Chris Terrian is joining is high and wide. Just kidding. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Christ. Russ is probably watching. What the fuck? <laughs> it is not. Sorry to disappoint, but there will not be a permanent fourth member to our esteemed crew. Not yet. Not yet. Not so- yet. Not yet. <laughs> Guys, if you're watching live, subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Um, we could try something different. You could say that we're biting off Snow the Goalie a little bit, but we just shouted them out, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you leave us a five-star review, ask us a question. Give us a compliment. Don't Put something negative if you want. I don't care. Just put five stars, right? And we'll mention you on the show, answer your question on the show. Um, if you have anything you know, now, leave it in the comments. You know, Let's interact. Let's talk. Let's have fun. I'm going to get the ticker going on the bottom of the screen, show you tonight's topics. Carter Hart, Travis Sanheim, and how do the Flyers stack up in the Metro? That's going to be fun. A lot of teams improved. A lot of the lower teams really improved. Uh, that's going to be a fun conversation. First, let's get the big news off the uh, bat right out of the way. And that's that Carter Hart signed a three-year deal worth $3.979. Thoughts on that, guys? Was it? I thought it was the same as his jersey number. That's why it stuck out or else I would have forgot it. It might have been. It is a weird number. I think it is like 979. All I know is it's just under $4 million. Um, initial reaction was a little – I only even say surprise isn't the right word. I did kind of raise my eyebrows and say it's a little more than I expected. But after thinking about it, it does seem like a very fair contract. Uh, let's not forget, yes, last year was a dumpster fire. Our defense was a dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> but the year before that, Hart was pretty good. He was very good. He was one of our, if not best players, especially in the playoffs. So, and he's super young. So yeah, you're growing with that contract when you're starting goalie of his caliber. And we expect him to come around. It's making less than $4 million. Just remember Jonathan Bernier just signed for more than $4 million and he's going to split time, if not be the backup for New Jersey. So this is a good deal. At the end of the day, it's a good deal, but does it leave enough for Sandheim? You would think, but who knows? And that's going to be the interesting part, right? Uh Kyle, what was your initial thoughts on the Carter Hart deal? I thought it was fair. I, I thought it was a fair price for a young up-and-coming goalie that has shown absolute flashes of brilliance and, like, bona fide number one. You expect him to be the number one, and that contract kind of tells him. You expect him to be number one. You expect a little more out of him from last year to now. And you prove it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you want that big six, six, five, seven, eight mil? Got to make it work. You got to be the number one goalie. <laughs> I would agree, and I would also agree with Jeffrey. Jeffrey here, Jack is the best looking of the three, hands down. 
Hashtag sorry, not sorry. You don't need to say sorry, Jeff. I think we agree. Hey, he I currently has no hair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that helps. By default. It does go a long way. What can I, I can't grow it here, but I can still grow it up here. <laughs> yes. Now back to Carter Hart. So my initial thought, I thought it was too much, right? Like the kid played, he had one good season and it was two years ago now, right? We mentioned the pandemic stuff. So it's hard to really hold it against him, right? A young goalie, number one, he was going to struggle, you add on all the pandemic stuff, all the all the mental issues and whatnot, and it's kind of like you know, eh, you know, it was a lost season. Let's go into next year clean slate. For me, if I kind of thought it was an opportunity, not to kind of under, not to kind of eight ball him or low ball him or whatever eight ball, um, but to not give him three point nine seven nine or, or or like three point five or less for maybe two three years. Um, I guess, you know, normally I wouldn't complain over 400K, but the fact that you have to sign your other top four pairing defenseman in Sanheim and you only have, what, a little bit over 4K left or, or is it a little bit under? Is it, I think it's a little bit over 4K. A little bit over because he signed. They were just four over million. $8 million. $4 million, sorry. They have $4,000 for Sanheim. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's worth. Yeah. I mean, to Thank your you. point, Jim, if there's anything I was kind of excited about, of Hart's bad season, if anything good could come out of it, it sounded like they were talking long-term at some point. Numbers were discussed. Now, obviously, that number would be higher than what it is now. But I think in the after these three years, if he is what we expect him to be and this defense allows him to be, um, he's going to sign again for a lot of money. And if they decide him long-term now, that number would be lower down the road. And I was kind of looking forward to that, kind of banking on that when I heard they were talking long-term. Ultimately, this is a good move for the team. It's a smart move for Hart as long as he's the real deal. Obviously, if he's not the real deal and he signs a long-term deal, it really bites you hard. Uh, but I, I, I know, I, in my heart of hearts, I truly believe he's he's the goalie of our future. We've waited long enough. He's going to be good. Get the defense behind him. Here we go. So the fact it was only three years at that number, I was kind of like, okay, uh, I guess my dream. And it always comes back to a, a player like um, – Roman Yossi, when they signed him long-term early in his career, and they had a bargain for years. Coots is another great example of this. An oh, absolute yeah. bargain for years. So to get a guy like Hart, it's flat cap era now. You know you're going to come out of it. But if you have a guy like that locked up long-term and he's really good and as good as we all think he's going to be, you really get a bargain. You know, you can really make improvements elsewhere, which just puts you above teams like Tampa with what they're doing. You know, and we all know they lost the entire third line. They're still the – the creme de la creme of the league. So like little deals and like that, that really helps you out. I was looking forward to that. Didn't happen. So ultimately status quo, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he gets better and we'll go from there. One thing I did like, and our buddy Zach Sona uh, from Twitter, always have good conversations with them, pointed out that flyers now have both of their goalies signed for less than 6 million. You know, you're paying, Martin Jones, uh, Jones, two million, and Carter Hart's making just under four. So when you look at it that way, hey, not so bad. You got less than six million locked up in 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 that position, um, and a potential superstar goalie in Carter Hart. Superstar goalie, yes. Do you guys want to speculate on his next contract? Like expensive. It's very, kind of, very kind of what I was alluding to. If they'd have gone like <laughs> six, seven years with him. Probably would have been like in the five million, five and a half million dollar range. 
after these three years with this defense, and if he turns into the Carter Hart we expect him to, it's going to get up there. I don't know if it's Carey Price numbers, but it's going to get up there. Yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be at least, at least what, at least six, seven, at least, right? Depending on how good he is, depending on if we're out of the flat cap, and depending if the cap goes up. I mean, inflation is always going to be a thing regardless because certain guys come in like, I need to make more than this previous guy from five mm-hmm. years ago. Like, just, it's just a way of what way of life. So, I, yeah, we'll see. It's, I hope it's expensive because that means he played really, really well. You know, I, at the same time, I, I don't want it to, you know, I don't want to be in a situation where they're just keeping him around and hoping he, you know, gives you something. You know, I'd rather no, deal think, with being too much. I think that the three-year deal is exactly that. I mean, it, it's three years, either become that number one, that undoubtedly number one superstar that the Flyers have been desperate for for all of these years, or that's it. That's going to, you know what I mean? That's kind of going to be the end. It's not like the Flyers don't have other prospects that are going to be pushing for that backup role next year, the year after, that are also touted as potential um, number one goalies in the NHL. Right. And to your point, Jim, there's paying under six mil, and that's probably going to be a theme going forward. Maybe not under six mil, but cheap, because we're looking at, whether it's Arison or Ustamenko or Sandstrom, somebody's going to come in here and be this this team's backup, and they're going to make little to nothing. Now, could that bite them? Of course, but I don't think they've had these goalies in the system this long to not at least try that. We're looking mm-hmm. at the best of these three prospects to back up Hart in the long term, and or you move them for something down the road, which is also good. You know, so you can afford to pay Hart a little bit more because you're not paying your backup or your you know one A one B. $2 million plus they're going to be making league minimum for a few years and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Good points. It's going to be interesting to see, right? Like uh, three years is going to go by like this. Hopefully they win something thin within those years. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of money locked up on a goalie overall. It's hard for me to complain about this current contract, right? We're all think Carter Hart's going to be a stud. You got to pay studs. So, um, you know, we kind of hinted at, you know, what could happen with Travis Sanheim, right? They have just over $4 million, thanks, Kyle, for that, left to sign Sanheim, who wants a raise, apparently. He was making, I believe, 3.25 last season, was it? And, hey, he wants a raise. It's going to have to be somewhere between, you know, 3.25 and $4 million. What happens? First, let's do this. What do you think... He gets, or, or let me ask this first. Do you think it gets to arbitration? Or do you guys think he signs before? Would it be? I think it's, it... I think it's definitely going to arbitration. I don't think they're close. I think Sanheim is asking for way too much. I think he's asking for almost five mil hmm. and the flyers just, I, and I'm in agreement with everybody shaking of the head going, get the fuck out of here. I'm a, I'm in full on agreement with that. I'm, I just think that he believes that he's worth that. His agent believes that he's worth that. And that's why the Flyers elected for arbitration. They said, there's absolutely no way we're going to be anywhere close if that's what you're asking for. And we'll send it to an arbitrator and hope it works out. How confident does Chuck, does Chuck Fletcher got to be? And, of course, we all agree with him. If he knows he's got $8 million, so it's essentially $4 million a player um, between Hart and Sandheim. 
And if Sandheim's asking for that ludicrous number after the absolutely atrocious season, and don't get don't get me wrong, there was a time like two years ago where Provorov had a little bit of a down year where Sandheim was his team's best defenseman. But ultimately, what is that really saying? Where this team hasn't had a good defense since Kimo, Timon, and Pronger were here. Like, it's not exactly a shining star. You were the best. You were the shiniest turd in the mm-hmm. toilet bowl. Like it's, it's, you know, and that's not to say he was bad. He just was better than the rest for that one year. This past year has been horrible. So for him to be asking in that range is ludicrous. And as Kyle alluded to, the team elected for this, which is apparently incredibly rare. And this has potential to get nasty. I don't think it will. I do think it'll go to arbitration. Of course, we are literally the last date of arbitration. It might be him and another player or just him, but it's the last arbitration date. I think it's like August 26th or something. Like we, They're making us wait the entire month to figure this out. And I thought there was potential for them to work out a deal. But ultimately, if the team elected this and then went and signed Carter Hart, it tells me that them and Sanheim are far apart, and they are abs- this will pressure Sanheim to sign for whatever they're offering less, but also they're confident that the arbitrator is going to rule with them. And there is no in-between. There's no setting of the money it's side a and side B in the arbitrator picks. So they must be awfully confident. And I kind of agree with the team. How could you not? If you had to throw out a number, what do you think he gets? What do four you, mil. What, okay. Is that what you would, if you were a truck flatter, would you give him four mil? No, if I'm the arbitrator, I'm going one year, four mil. That probably meets in the middle, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, I Chuck, according Chuck to is- flyers daily, it doesn't work that way. It's they choose either the player or the or the team. Oh, and it's whoever uh, wants what. I didn't, gets I didn't what they know want. that much. That's Bill Meltzer. I that's what that's what I didn't know that either. So know then, that. then the Flyers have to Chuck Fletcher has to be confident that he's way he's got over a fair number. Sure. You yeah. can't lowball him. But at the same time, if Sandheim's asking for the world, that's an easy for the arbitrator, you'd think, in theory, to be like, Yeah, no, that's way too much. You were horrendous last season. Uh, we're going to go with this number. So, I mean, that's how I was. I learned it was supposed to go. Um, and I know it's gotten nasty in the past. Uh, apparently, you guys remember Tommy Sallow, defend, uh, goaltender for the uh, Islanders. Apparently, it got so bad when Mike Milbury, of all people, was running the team that he, at, the player is present at the meeting, that it brought him to tears, all mm-hmm. the negative stuff they were saying about their own player just to get the number down. And that was in an uncapped error. <laughs> it's like, hey, we want you. We want to sign you, but you're a piece of shit. I mean, if he brings a guy to a grown man to cry, it's got to be bad. And like, that, again, there was no salary cap back then. So I know it's the Islanders, but still. Why well, would you want to play for a team after that, right? Like, you, my coach Very just trashed me. Very good question. Very. Good. It actually affected his career, from what I. I don't think. Right. I, I don't. I, I don't think anybody's going to get trashed in the meeting. No, I don't think that. Big I either. just think that I, I. I see what Sanheim is and his agent are going for, and that's the same thing I alluded to last show. You want me playing top four minutes? You, you know what I mean. You want me playing with somebody? I, you know he's going to throw out. Ristolainen's not a good defenseman. His analytics are bad, and blah 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 blah. So what happens after this contract? Am, am I going to be judged based on my partner who has bad analytics, according to Twitter? <laughs> so like, analytics in a courtroom to me is like a lie detector test. It's just inadmissible because they're, they're just <laughs> like, there's, you can't, you, you can't like rule on somebody for that. 
That's how I feel. I'd be surprised if they did simply because analytics haven't really been around forever where the way they do things I'm sure has, will they take it into account? I guess, but the main thing is comparables, comparable defensemen at this time in their career. I don't know who's comparable to Sandheim at this point, considering the style of player he is and the ludicrous season everybody had last year. Well, they're just going to base it off of points, which or- is, which is not in his favor. What do you have? 12 points. So I, so I didn't want to interrupt there, but like as much as I don't like analytics, I feel like taking them to a courtroom is like the place where you can actually use them because apparently, I mean, somebody's telling you that these are facts, right? Like if you're the judge, it's like, well, all right, hold on. Let me interject real quick. Is. Let, me, let, me, <laughs> let me interject real quick, Jim, to your point, because I, I, I have a degree in criminal law and justice, and this is my understanding of this. And you saw it in OJ's trial. So, the prosecution brings in an expert. What does Chewbacca have anything has, to do with this court case? That has <laughs> ask yourself <laughs> analytics or whatever, and they'll present their case, and it's an expert. And then the defense will bring in an expert in the same exact field, and they'll just completely refute everything. Guy, and it's like I would love to be in that courtroom. They don't know those two are the experts. The one guy's paid off essentially to just refute. So if you really wanted to play that game, the Flyers would bring in their analytic crew or whoever it felt, and they would just use the numbers and bend them to their will to go right against it. It'd be a complete waste of time. Dude, imagine, imagine the Flyers bring in their their analytics expert, and he just comes in and goes, "Your Honor, these numbers are just absolute bullshit, and they don't mean anything." And that's the argument. Like, like, how can you bring in an analytics guy to trash analytics? I would love to see it. I would love to hear what he has to say. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Right? But I mean, you know, yeah, and I I guarantee you that's what they're going to do. Teams are ruthless. Players and agents aren't as ruthless as these teams. I'm telling you. Like, and I don't know, like Kyle said, I don't think it's going to get to that bad. But if they want to bring up analytics, I guarantee you the Flyers will come back with some very similar analytics and just tell a different story because that's what you can do with numbers. That's usually like the argument for Sanheim, at least for last year, right? It's like if you look at his points, very bad plus minus. And, and dude, I know plus minus is not an argumentative stat. You can't use it. But when you, when you play bad, when you're on a bad team and you, you're a minus 20 as a top pairing defenseman or a top two pairing defenseman, that number matters a little bit, right? And he doesn't play on the power play, so he's not scoring points that way. But I mean, so anyway, sorry, I got a little bit off track. So it's like, if you're the Flyers, you're going to go, well, look at his numbers. His numbers are trash. Then the analytic crowd comes in and goes, but his analytics were good. And it's like, I don't know what, I don't know if this guy's good or bad. These people are telling me he's good. I watch him. Is his, the numbers that he produces after he plays suck? Like, is he good or not? I don't know. It's just, I don't know how you project a future. I really don't. So maybe it's best that they go to court because I don't know how to project a future contract for Travis Sanheim. This is a results-based business, and I've said this before. After last season, which is the new – what have you done for me lately? How is sports not that business model? What have you done for me lately? And you look at last season. How could you actually – and we don't know that he's actually asking for this number. We just know that they're far apart. And when in our heads, what we have left in our cap, you figure Fletcher wants to get him for 3.75 and have a little bit left to work with during the season because they always want a little bit of wiggle room. You, you just you want something, and it grows as the season goes on. What could Sanheim actually be asking for where they immediately go, we're going to court because this is ridiculous? <laughs> I, I mean, and you look at last season, it's like on what grounds do you – 
truly believe you deserve this. Yes. Do we have faith in you? And is p- potential involved in this? Yes, absolutely. But after last season, you just do not have the leg that sta- the room to stand on to ask for five million. God forbid more, because it's not there. Last season was the worst season in Flyers history, given expectation. And your second pairing defenseman has a lot to do with that. And you can point fingers all you want. He was a major piece of what went wrong with last season. Not all his fault. You could throw analytics in my face. I'll throw the record in yours. And it's embarrassing. How about how many goals were scored against us in March? How about the whole season? Was it 201 in a 56-game season? Give me a break. Here's my kind of – you know, an issue or a retort or whatever. So I'm wondering now if the Carter Hart contract works against the Flyers. As you just said it, they gave up 201 goals last year. Carter Hart was the starting goalie. Dude just got a $3 million raise for three seasons, right? And if you're Travis Sanheim, it's like he just got a $3 million raise and he sucked last year. I've been here for however many years. You know, I signed uh, – did he sign a bridge deal or was it a one-year deal? I can't remember. Two-year bridge deal. Signed my bridge deal. Now you got to pony up, right? Does the Carter Hart deal work against Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers in this case? Or does it help Sanheim's case to make what he wants? I don't think so. If they play it right, if they say you both played the same season last year for the same team and this was the results. And if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, um, we know why Hart played the way he did and a lot of it had to do with oh guess what the defense and what right. position you play defense so yeah yeah nice try but yeah, there's a reason stupid. there's a reason we had to overhaul our entire defense it, yes yeah. that's a great point the whole reason we just brought in all these new faces most of all what three of them on defense alone not to mention a rookie coming up as well hopefully you know is because the defense was that bad we didn't bring in a new starting goaltender. We swapped out the backup who can play more games consistently. We kept the same starter. You know, we didn't change the coaching staff. We didn't change any of that. We changed the defense. You're still here because we still believe in you and we're going to pay you a fair contract. We drafted you. You're our guy, but we're not going to go crazy. So to ask for a certain amount raise to ask to make more than Carter Hart, who in my opinion plays a harder position than Sanheim does is ridiculous. And I think the Flyers immediately asked for this arbitration, this good arbitration because of that. <laughs> right away. Let me ask do you guys, guys a question. Do you think it has anything to do with years? Yeah, it could be. Maybe. I mean, if. The- do you think it may not have to do with the number thing as much, as much as it has to do with years? Like, say Sanheim's like, I want 4.5. And the Flyers are like, we want four. But Sanheim's like, I want 4.5 for two years. And the Flyers are like, if we're doing four, we're doing three type deal. Um, like it may not be. So you're saying short term, both deals are short term. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense for Sanheim to ask anything long term. He knows he can make more if he just, you know, he, he should want. If I were Sanheim, I'd really want a one to two year deal to play with this revamped defense and really improve my stock and then cash in. I think one year would actually be better. He would get a slight raise. He would play with a better defense and overall team and then try to cash in. And so I either – I just can't imagine what he's asking for and why. It's, of all seasons to try to pull this, it's silly. It's really silly. So the Flyers just have to bring in their anti-analytics guy and they have to bring in video of Sandheim playing around the net in the defensive zone. Oh, there's plenty of in. video. 
There's no plenty of video. Easily win. Yeah. I mean, dominate why, why anywhere around the net. They probably made him an offer. He made a counter offer and they said they did probably just called the arbitrator and just was like, yeah, we're, this is going to go. Hmm. I'm not saying they hung up on Sanheim. They were probably, you know, respectful, but they're like, yeah, this is, this is going to you. Like, there's no way. <laughs> like he's so on the moon. Like now, would... the only, one thing I'm concerned with at this point, like say it goes not in the flyers favor for whatever reason, which I can't see it doing unless the flyers are doing something ridiculous. Like we want you for two years at three mil. Like or something like that. Like, give him the same contract he had. Three point seven five, right? Two roundabout where he was. Two point seven five. But like, yeah, I thought about that too. I'm like, he should probably make the same exact thing he's made last year. But um, I don't. I, what I thought you were going to ask is if he the arbitrator uh, gives him more than what the Flyers have left in cap. Um, and yeah, somebody gets moved, and it might even be Sanheim at that point. It's a little telling. And I don't know how legit it is. I won't say the source, but those Josh Manson rumors popped up again yesterday and today. And I know you like that, Kyle. I don't hate it. Sorry, what was that? I couldn't hear you. Say that again, Jack. You came in a little uh, uh, fuzzy there. Josh Manson rumors yes, pop I'll back take, up. I will take him um, over 10 Sandheims. I just, I don't know if the, if the rumors are legit. I just find the timing a little odd, as in, if this goes south for the Flyers, they may explore a trade, and it would obviously have to be more Sandheim plus. Um, no, that's straight up, buddy. No, no, it's it's financial because what does oh. Manson make? Oh, send Knack, another guy. I'm just know. saying. I'm just saying it, they would have to make it work financially, and send Knack. Uh, Send Knack, yeah, you know, uh, Hagen the third. Now it's send Knack. Insert player and Knack. Well, for um, a rebuilding Anaheim franchise, Knack and oh, Sanheim would be well, nice. Sanheim would, would make tons of sense because Manson's what twenty nine. Last year, I don't think year? there's. I don't know if there's any connection. I'm just saying I found the timing of the rumor a little telling. That's all. And we had Pagnato, and he he couldn't tell us that the Flyers were done with moves. So we'll see. You know, it's the last piece of the puzzle here, uh, and Travis Sanheim. And if hey, if they can't get him signed. More fun. We can expect more moves. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, we're a little bit over 26 minutes into the show. We want to kind of break down some of the teams uh, in the Metro, see how the Flyers kind of stack up a little bit. I'll just throw – I'm going to throw some teams out, uh, uh, out here real quick for you. We might be stealing a little bit of full circle thunder here by going over some of these teams. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, if it affects the Flyers, it's good. All right. So let's let's go by alphabetical order, and we'll just breeze through. We'll spend like a couple minutes on each team here. Uh, so let's start out with the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, uh, lost to the Tampa. Did they lose to Tampa Bay in the second round last year? Yes, Did I remember that correctly. I think so five or six games. Very solid team. They had an interesting off season. All right, and I want to start out with Alex Nedeljkovic, which extremely surprised they traded him to Detroit. And Detroit signed them for, I think it was around $3 million. The Hurricanes go out and they signed Frederick Anderson for two years, $4.5 million a season. Potentially downgraded. The guy's 31 years old. You had a, a guy in the Delkovich that was up for Calder last season, one of the better goalies in the league down the stretch. Just blew my mind. Uh, they go out and they get an anti-Ranta for two years at $2 million. Uh, they bring in a defenseman, Ian Cole, who I like a lot. 
Tony D'Angelo, strictly from a hockey standpoint, very, very good signing. One million for one year, low risk. 25-year-old kid still can still move the puck, can play hockey, not great on the defensive end, uh, and they re-sign uh, Jordan Martinook. And, oh, I'm sorry, they also signed Derek Steppen to uh, one year, one point three five. That was after full circle they did that. So, yeah. Um, so they were cheap, as usual. Um, they lost Hamilton, which we all knew they weren't bringing back. That's why they signed Anthony D'Angelo. He's a poor man's Dougie Hamilton and they can get by, you know, it's not going to, the results aren't going to be the same stats aren't going to be the same, but it's something. The goaltender that went to the Red Wings that pissed off the fans that, that one really irked a lot of people. And I see why I actually don't it. hate Frederick and Frederick Anderson. It's, it's, um, I just don't know why they don't bring, I, I was okay with them letting Reimer and Morazic go. I've never been fans of either of them especially Morazic given his time here. Um, I, Frederick Anderson isn't bad. He is getting older. Um, he's starting to become a little bit more injury prone, but when you scream, speak of injury prone, Auntie Roth is a good goalie, but Jesus, he is a Michael Norworth clone. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's bad, you know? And it's so in theory on paper, the goaltending is, if anything, a slight upgrade. Although I don't know how good, um, what's his name? Nikovic, what'd you say his name was? Nikovic. <laughs> Yeah, for uh, Red Wings made a good move. Yeiserman, uh, uh, well played. You know, yeah. I mean, they should have hang, hung on to him and brought in Frederick Anderson. Like, that would have been the smart move, you know. But ever since Cam Ward, Cam Ward, I mean, that the guy wins him a Stanley Cup, and they, they're just completely sour to paying your goaltender. Like, I don't get it. Like, it's, it's weird. But they did ultimately re-sign their top free agent, and that was Rob Brendamore. You know, and and I think they're going to definitely still be in playoff contention. I had them ranked fifth. I, I think I had them ranked fifth, either fourth or fifth. I had them right on the cusp of making the playoffs there. And um, a lot of people haven't fallen off a cliff. I'm not there. I still think they're a playoff team. They have a lot of nice pieces on defense. They actually have a lot of nice pieces on offense. You know, they have some really good players. Very curious to see what this Meshikov contract comes out to. But um, ultimately, Sebastian Ajo, uh, Jordan Stahl, couple of other like guys you wouldn't think are very good end up like kind of hurting you and they're a little engine that could and they got one hell of a coach and i do think they're going to be right there with us yeah they got a couple uh picks over the offseason here i got to upload my page sorry uh i was checking out nadelkovich's stats and 28 it's only 28 career game career games i know but 2.01 goals against average 0.928 save percentage that's why i was surprised I thought he played very well, and then they got a third-round pick for him. Goes to Detroit. They proceed to sign him. Uh, I forget the contract, but it was like $3 million, around $3 million a year. Just surprising. Carolina, I mean, they went out and spent money on an aging vet goalie from Toronto. Maybe he'll play well for them. I don't know. I don't want to dwell on it too much there. But The they, weird thing about Carolina yeah. is they will move pieces out of their very good defense. They draft very well. They acquire very good defensive players. They traded Jake Bean, who was a first-round pick. Uh, they traded Hayden Flurry. I think that was during the season. He was a first round pick. You know, they acquired Dougie Hamilton. They traded Noah Hannafin to get him, who was a f- top five pick, I believe. Like they traded away Adam Fox. They got him in that same deal, you know, but they, they got like Pesci, who's goods. They just got Slavin. Like they just bring it. There's a carousel, but they're always good. It's, it's so strange. And I feel like maybe that's why they're so cheap on goaltending. They'll let the defense figure it out and they'll be very good. 
I do think there's potential that this year, some of their lowing pair, lower pairings, it falls off a bit. And, you know, I can't think of an offensive prospect they have coming up who's really worth note. And maybe their depth does start to wear a little thin. Um, but until that happens, I got I to gotta keep them in playoff contention. Yeah, I would agree. Let's kind of move on to another team here. Let's not, uh, we don't want to spend too much time. Get, uh, let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets real quick. Three significant trades, obviously, for this team. Moving Seth Jones, getting Adam Bockwist and a, a couple picks back, two firsts and a second from Chicago. Um, acquiring Jake Bean from the Carolina Hurricanes. Trading for Jacob Voracek and, you know, sending away Cam Atkinson, obviously. Uh, signings real quick. Sorry, let me upload the page. And now it's not going to upload. They re-signed Andrew Peak. They extended Zach Wierenski. We could talk about that contract. Uh, they also extended Jake Bean. Uh, they, they gained Sean Corrali from Boston, and they extended Boone Jenner uh, as well as Patrick Laine. Really, when you look at it, pretty solid offseason from Columbus. What do you think, Kyle? Columbus is a dumpster fire. <laughs> you think? You really think so? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do shit again this year. No, I don't think I so think either, but you could see new coach. Building. Yeah, well, they're going to build until what? Line A leaves and then... And then do the same thing again. Yeah, uh, it's just going to be a continuous carousel dumpster fire. Stem in Buffalo. All right. So I actually agree with Kyle, and it goes back to when they, you know, they got a new coach and... Tortorella when he lost all those players and they had this miraculous turnaround. And I was saying at the time, like it's impressive, but it's not as impressive as it's laid out to be because most of the players they lost weren't blue jackets. They acquired them at the trade deadline. Yes. They lost Panarin. That was a big blow. They lost Bobrovsky. That was not as big a blow as you realize they had goalies in waiting. Bob, how good's he been since, you know, and they lost guys they acquired from other teams. This now they've truly lost their core. Cam Atkinson said it himself. It felt like the band was breaking up. Nick Foligno goes to Toronto. Cam Atkinson's traded out. Seth Jones is traded out. You know, Savard was traded at the deadline. Now this team is truly crumbling now. Like their core players who've always been there, that team and their coach is gone. All now I truly believe the fall is in order. Because all those true core guys who've been there forever, I think the only guys they were, they managed to keep were Rowinski, who got one hell of a deal. You know, I mean, I like him, but he got a lot of money. And Boone Jenner. I can't think of another player that they've had long-term. Max Domi is constantly on the trade watch list. And he they acquired him, what, last year? Like, mm -hmm. it's always up in the air. He, if he got traded tomorrow, would anybody be surprised? No. If anything, they'd probably be expecting it. That team is in such flux. They're acquiring draft picks. They're acquiring prospects. This I'll be right is back, year. boys. This is the year more than last, or not, I wouldn't say last, but when we thought they were going to fall off, they're going to fall off because they're losing everybody in sight. You know, who's left there? What remnants do they have? Line A and Voracek is their team. Voracek passing the line A is what they're going to do because they don't have much else. Yeah, they're hoping for a lot from some of these other guys. You're looking at. Gustav Nyquist, Oliver Bjorkstrand. You mentioned Domi already. He was only there for another year. Uh, Boone Jenner, you mentioned. Sean Corrali, I think, is a nice bottom-line player. They overpaid Jack him, though. 2.5 for four years, it looks like. Yeah. On turn. 20, like 28 years old. Yeah. Uh, Jack Roslovic had a very I nice season. Like, I do like him, but um, 
probably end up re-signing down there. You see these guys carrying this team? Four check is the, no, the best need, offensive yeah, players. Need like, a lot of... They're gonna they, at best they'll be like the the Flyers in a bad you know a year they don't make the playoffs. That'll be the best they could be. They're gonna be for for me. They're gonna be one of those teams where I'm gonna pay attention to them because I feel like they could be fun. I just don't want them to be good. You Jim, know, Jim, how bad can you not wait to play them? Yeah, or check. You know, he doesn't need to get hit. I'm not like that. I don't need you know Rasmus Ristolainen to crush him or anything. I just want to beat them. I just yeah. want to see his. I would say sour. But he's never really cares. He still gets paid the same. So what does he right. care if they lose? He just shows up. Right. He'll play. You know, he'll play. But he's not. I don't think he's gonna. You know, really care too much if that team's a playoff team, which they're not. Yep. I would agree. Definitely not making the playoffs this year. They'll probably finish in the basement somewhere. Um, speaking of basement, last. what's that? I had them. I had them finishing last in our division. Okay. Speaking of basement. Let's talk about the New Jersey Devils. Uh, catch everybody up on some trades real quick, like you mentioned in full circle. Uh, they traded Will Butcher to the Sabres with a fifth-round pick, so essentially a cap dump. They traded Nick Merkley to the Sharks for Kristen Yaros, whoever that is. Uh, the big move for them, they acquired Ryan Graves for Mikhail Maltsev in a second-round pick. Uh, and that was it for as far as trades for New Jersey. Let's check out the signings here. Did they sign anybody big? Well, I don't know. Um First guy that comes to mind is Yane Kutin. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Dougie Hamilton, Jonathan Bernier, and Thomas Tatar. So three pretty solid trades. Uh, I'm sorry, signings. Uh, stole basically the Flyers' backup goalie in Bernier. Signed him to a two-year <laughs> deal, $4.125 million. Uh, Hey, they had the cap. They went out and got him. Uh, the Dougie deal, we're talking about another Metro team that spent a lot of money on a, on a top defenseman, right? Columbus was one in Wierenski. Uh, now, New Jersey in Hamilton, Thomas Tatar is a nice regular season piece. I'm not going to compare him to Travis Konechny, but he's a guy that will produce for you in the regular season. He was benched two two years in a row in the playoffs because, you know, I guess he's just not a playoff guy. I don't know. So nice regular season pickup for New Jersey. Where do you see them finishing? So I do like the moves they've made um, originally. Well, still, I still have them seventh or Second to last. I can't remember exactly. I'll have it in front of me. So I have them finishing above Columbus. I do think they made a lot of good moves. Uh, Dougie Hamilton for being on the open market is not a bad deal, especially when you consider a deal we're going to mention later. I do like that they even picked up Bernier. Bernier was like the hottest backup free agent goalie you could have, and he got paid as such. And they still have cap. They can still add more. I think they're going to need to because of right now, Ty Smith had a hell of a year. He was no Adam Fox, but he was still pretty good. First round caliber player. That um, Ryan Gray's pickup was was a. It's not even that sneaky anymore. Like everybody's acknowledging it. Like wow, that was a good move. I really like that. Dougie Hamilton, obviously, as I mentioned. After that, kind of falls off for me. Sapon's a shell of his former self. Really, he's really sucking down that cap. I think he's only one more year. This is next year, depending on what they do with his nine million dollars. That's when I'm going to start to worry. Now they are going to have to retain some of their guys and keep some cap available for some of their, you know, young studs. Uh, but Servicing and Slagan Faller, they don't really do much for me. I don't know. I haven't gotten into the nitty gritty of their prospect pool, but other than that, I look at their top line. And as it's listed on the NHL lines, I don't. This could obviously change. It's Jack Hughes centering Jaeger Sharangovich, who was a nice speedy player, came out of nowhere. 
is he a first line caliber player? No. Um, and then Kuku Cannon, I never really heard of this guy. You know, you got Tatar, Miles Woods getting a little bit older. He sure's a center, so he's on the second line. McLeod's coming up. Um, Boquist, Nolan Foot could potentially be something. Andreas Johnson's how old now? Like, they need winger depth like you wouldn't believe. And until they get that, and that's why I think Tatar was a smart signing for them, but until they get that or Holtz comes up um, and can play, and Sanderson is on defense, it's just not their year yet. Maybe instead of finishing second to last, they finish third to last, but I don't see the depth or the star potential slash power to really make them a considerable threat. They'll give us fits. It'll be tough to score against at times, but ultimately they're not a team we should be worried about. I would agree. And, you know, there's the same crowd on Twitter. Oh, the devils are going to pass the flyers. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think so. They got, I mean, they have Dougie Hamilton. Uh, Jack Hughes hasn't come into his own yet. Uh, Nico. He's He's coming. Yeah, he's coming. He's not lacking. He's just not 160 pounds soaking wet. He's going to get bodied off the puck. True. I don't know. They'll they'll be fine in a couple years. Am I worried about them this year? Not really. Trending in the right direction. I'll give them that. That's true. Yeah, I'll give them that. All right. So let's take a peek at the next team on our list here. Uh, Another Metro area team, another New York Metro area team, and the New York Islanders. Uh, So they did a lot of sort of housekeeping this offseason here. I mean, uh, they re-signed Andy Green, one year, 750K. Uh, Adam Pellick, eight years, $5.75 million cap hit. Great contract for that man. 26-year-old, outstanding deal. You know, you got to credit Sweet Lou, I guess, with that, right? With, with the, Hey, I guess he doesn't mind the whole face-shaving thing, all right? So dumb. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. So a couple of uh, significant moves, trades here we have. They got rid of the Andrew Ladd contract, costed them, you know, potentially three picks, at least a second round pick. So, Jim, real quick on that. So what I essentially saw was when they say they traded uh, Taves, the defenseman Taves, to um, Colorado, they essentially, to get rid of Andrew Ladd, they traded Taves and two second round picks just to get rid of Andrew Ladd, the way it broke down, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But – at the same time, they moved a lot of cap space out. They were the only team Seattle helped out, by the way, it seems like. I could be missing like a team, but when it comes to the Metro, I, I mean, they take um, Eberle off their hands, who's not a bad player, but with the contract-wise and the moves they needed to make, when you look at all the, like, the Pellet contract for, for one, and you know more moves are coming. They're waiting. The fact that Sezekis hasn't signed elsewhere tells me he's got a deal in place with Lou. And what we know about Lou Lamorello, he's team first. They're going to announce all three signings like at the same time. They're going to re-sign Sezekis. They're going to bring in probably um, Zach Parise. And there was one more player I think they needed to re-sign. I can't remember who it is. But like they're going to, it's all going to be announced on the same day. Uh, oh, um, Palmieri. I think it's Palmieri they re-signed. Um, they're probably still trying to trade for Tarasenko and they're trying that, to, make yeah, I think they are, but I think Lou's got his limits. And I also think Tarasenko is tied to Jack Eichel. I think whoever misses out on Eichel is going to pivot to Tarasenko. And yes, I know they play different positions, but it's not about that. It's about superstar talent. And I think the Rangers and the Islanders are, I don't think the Islanders are necessarily in on Eichel. I think that they can't get Tarasenko because 
Doug Armstrong of the Blues is waiting on the teams like the Rangers, the uh, the I don't know about the Ducks, but like maybe maybe the Kings, you know, teams of that nature or the Wild, especially if Kaprizov is really considering going back to to Russia for a year just to prove he needs more money. Um, mm-hmm. They're waiting for one of those teams to miss out on Eichel, and then they're going to dangle Tarasenko because at this point, that's the best bet they got to get in the most for him. Um, I think if Eichel goes to the Rangers, there's a higher chance that Tarasenko could go to the Islanders because all the other teams I mentioned could just rebuild further and take another year. Um, so maybe that's what some of the holdup is. That being said, it doesn't make sense to me that Palmieri wouldn't have signed elsewhere. He's really waiting for Lou's sake, that he's that, that much of an attachment. I don't know. I think they have a deals in place and they're just waiting for the offseason to settle out, in which case they also get back Andres Lee. And to sum this all up, they got a great defense. They got a great coach, the best coach. They got two very good goalies. I know they don't tend to do this, but they're always the best playoff team. This is a year I think that they, this is their division. They win the division outside of catastrophe at the, uh, you know, injury. I, I truly believe they are the team to beat. I found it interesting that they were able to acquire, they were able to trade away Nick Letty for a second round pick and Richard. Another one I didn't mention saving cap space and whatnot. And the flyers had to give up a second round pick to move Shane Goss to spare. Nick Letty's atrocious, by the way. Power is analytics. Yeah. I have to check that. I thought that was interesting. So one more jab, it goes there. All right, let's move on to the, to the other New York team who made some significant changes in July. Uh, Moved Brett Howden to, to Vegas. They acquired Nick DeSimone in a fourth-round pick in 2022. They acquired Barkley Goodrow from the Tampa Bay Lightning for a seventh-round pick. Essentially, you know, the Tampa Bay knew that they couldn't re-sign him, so New York basically traded for his rights to negotiate, and I believe they signed him. Uh, moving on from Pavel Buchnevich, they trade Buchnevich to St. Louis for Sammy Blay and a second-round pick in 2022. I think a nice move there for New York. Uh, and then they also acquire the Wilson beater and Ryan Reeves for a, th- a third round pick, which I thought was interesting. Uh, how do you want to, so before I get to the signings, how do you assess their trades? I'll be honest with you. The first one that really stuck out to me, like I like the Goudreau one. I, I, if he was a flyer, I'd love it. Um, Reeves, that was a, a third round pick was a kind of a lot to give up for a guy like Reeves, but I, I guess I get why they did it. Losing Busnevich was bigger than it's what's being like realized here. I truly, I liked him. And the reason they moved him is because they couldn't afford him. And I get it. You got to do it. So they bring in a big guy, Sammy Bly, Sammy Bly, I think it's pronounced and a second round pick. So that's, that's fine. If you're going to lose a guy and you can't afford him, get something for him, you know, and they, they really were rocked by what Tom Wilson did, especially Panarin, obviously. And they're not going to have that as you see by all the additions they made. But like, as far as winning games, if they don't trade for Eichel, they they really haven't improved all that much for me outside of just, you know, everybody played a year and they're hoping Lafreniere and Capocacco really step up. Um, I don't, I, it's good for the Flyers that, yeah, okay, they got bigger, whatever, but they losing a Bushnevich, that guy was a killer. I know you, you see the Flyers Rangers, you think it's a bit of jazz. He had those six point nights and whatnot. He completely embarrassed them. But Navage over the course of this past season really came into his own. He's a good player. That was an I like that move for for the Blues for sure. Rangers got tougher and they'll be a bitch in the playoffs if they get there. You know, I, I'm wor- I really am worried. So Shirkin, 
big deal he signed, you know? Uh, he, yes. he seems like the real deal, you know? So but that's one I mean, of the things. Like they made they made all these other moves, right? They they apparently got a little bit tougher. They they traded for Goudreau. They traded for Reeves. They signed him the contracts. Uh, Philip Heedle is re-signing. Uh, Julian uh, Gauthier is re-signing. Uh, Ryan Reeves, if I didn't mention that already, I think I did. They're, it's pending a contract extension. Uh, Shosturkin, the number one guy, 25-year-old netminder, four years, 5.65 a year. They made all these moves that a team that's ready to compete would make. They're just – they're still missing the main piece. It's like, hey, we're ready to compete, but we still need – you know, the, the, the light in the Iron Man suit, if, if, you, if that's an analogy you want to use. Like, they don't have anything to make this the, the ship run yet, and that's Jack Eichel. And I hope they don't get him. I hope all this is for nothing. I hope they got. I hope they have to go somewhere else to, to get a, a less than, you know, Jack yeah. Eichel-type center. I agree. Uh, they worried. look like they're building, though. Yeah, they could be, you know, Flyers-Rangers is going to be fun again. That's for sure. Oh, definitely. And it's, it's a shame because they got tougher – but ultimately it's a scoreboard. And if they were to acquire Eichel, like it makes out of every, all the teams in the NHL, the team it makes the most sense for. And I, you're talking about franchise generational slash franchise player. It makes sense for everybody. No, no, it makes so much sense for the center depth deprived Newark Rangers to get literally like one of the top centers in the league to go along with all the youth they have. And not to mention, their new coach, Gerard Gallant, is a damn good coach. Mm-hmm. He tends to have a three-year window. This is year one. The last time he was in year one with the team was the Vegas Golden Knights, and they went to the Cup. He got them the game five of the Cup before they eventually were eliminated. So you put him with a team like this, with out of Sorokin, Samsonov, and Shashurkin, even Hart I throw into that mix, he is looking like the better Player-wise, I know Sorokin you like, but he's got a very good defense. So when I look at just pure skill right now, Shashurkin looks pretty damn good. Him with Adam Fox, who won a freaking Norse. Mm, like, unbelievable. You know, he got MVP votes. He got a few MVP votes, like heart votes. Like, wow. You know, like, you know, that's not something you just throw around. Like, he was good, and it wasn't fake. You were to, and then you got all their off their offensive guys. I don't know who they lose in a deal or whatnot, but like to add Eichel to that situation is scary. It's really scary. I so agree. if I'm the Rangers, and part of the, the moves they made were very small end moves. They were like third, fourth line moves. Even let a guy who could potentially play in your second line of Buznavich go. All signs point that they're bringing in a big contract. Yep. It does. Just hasn't happened yet. And I still, I'm praying to God it doesn't. Yep. But until they add him, if they, this is the team as of today, I have them again, much like Carolina, more on the up and up, right there in the thick of it. Either they just make it or they just miss, unless they add Eichel, in which case they could, and a lot of things bounce right, they could potentially win the division. Sort of a theme so far in this division. A lot of teams on the up and up. Um, before Sorry. we, let's kind of put the Flyers last here. Uh, we're at just about 52 minutes, a couple minutes left in the show. So let's bang out the Penguins quick, which is really not that much to talk about. In July, they made four moves. One trade, got rid of a contract in Jared McCann. Uh, they got Philip Hollander back in a seventh-round pick. Signings. Hmm, let me get this long list of signings out. Hextall did a hell of a job over there. Um, 
Danton Heinen, one year, 1.1. Brock McGinn, four years, $2.75 million cap hit. And they re-signed Teddy Bluger for two years, $2.2 million. Hell of an offseason run. It's about what we expect, <laughs> Jim, right? Jim, Brock McGinn, does that contract not remind you of uh, Dale Weiss? Yeah, it does. You're right. Four years. Like, what? Yeah, and they, right. they trade McCann, so he's not taken by the Kraken. They get some for him. But then they go and they take Tanev, who, when you look at it on the surface, oh, that's a lot of money that came off the cap. Tanev was like most of their depth scoring last year. So where is that coming from this year? I it, Malkin's already starting to fall off. Crosby's, I don't know when that guy's going to fall off. He's ridiculous. But like everybody's a year older. I don't know what they have left. They have issues on D. I understand why they didn't resign Cody Cece with that ridiculous contract he signed with the Oilers. But like the goaltending's shaky like I, I don't i don't get why i mean yes they have carter now that does need to be addressed but why hextall with the team that has to go for it now essentially did nothing he's hextall and man is what he does is to see yeah, yeah. to waste and he's going to stockpile picks i think he nailed it he's yeah. hextalling he's going to wait like for uh what's his name shane wright or i can't remember the other kid's name off the top yeah of my i think head. that's it shane wright yeah that's what he's doing uh, so, yeah, let's move on to the uh, Washington Capitals, another team that, you know, mostly did some housekeeping in terms of signings, uh, re-signed players, Garrett Pylon, Bobby Nardella, Michael Sarbosa. Uh, Ilya Samsonov is, re- I guess he re-signed yesterday, one year, two million, according to the Sportsnet uh, page I'm looking at here. The big one, Alex Ovechkin, signed for five years, $9.5 million cap hit. Dude, it's going to be fun to watch him chase Gretzky's record. That's going to hurt this team, I think, though. What do you think? Um, yes, but not in the way we think. I get he is going to be fun to see him chase, and I hope he breaks it because it's so impressive. It's so, yeah. especially in this day and age. Um, at the same time, Ovechkin, I think, can still bring it. You know, I, I, I nine and a half seems high, but I think as far as being potential playoff contenders. They've been trying to trade Kuznetsov for a year and a half now. I think guys like Oshi are going to start to slow down. Ovechkin might not, but he's a, a generational player. These other guys aren't. You know, they're Backstrom even to an extent. If he's not playing with with Ovechkin, how good is he really at this point in his career? Like, I think certain players are going to start to slow down. They already are. Remember, they traded away one of their better defensemen. You know, I mean, Sansonov was really not that good last year. Vanacek was the better. Letting Seattle select him and getting him back was the better move. Honestly, mm-hmm. they need him, you know, like because Samsonov was he had some good games, but ultimately was not impressive. Vanacek was the more impressive goalie. Um, yeah, Brendan Dillon, they, they traded into uh, Winnipeg, I believe. Like yep. they they didn't replace him. Like they're, so, they're you know they got Carlson still, they got Orlov. Orlov's more of a uh, second pairing defenseman, if you ask me, but that's okay. Um, they, they really are kind of one-dimensional. Tom Wilson, I know everybody loves him, but for $5 million, he's got to do more than what he does. And I think their team, especially with Laviolette, they were in a 56-game season last year. They didn't run out of steam until the first round of the playoffs. They've now been eliminated in the first round of the playoffs three or four of the last four or five seasons, whatever it was. They, 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 they're first round and gone. And I think this may be the first year they may actually miss the playoffs. I have the Islanders winning because it seems to be the Penguins or the Capitals who win the division. 
And at the very least, I can see the Capitals leading for a while, and I see them faltering. I, I think this is it. Like, I really do. And it's not because of Ovechkin. They had to pay Ovechkin to keep him going. It would have been nice to get a deal and add more help, but they can't. And it's like, can you name another player on that team that you're truly scared of at this point in their career? Yeah. That doesn't play with Ovechkin. I'm not talking about fighting, so don't say Wilson. You know, like they even Anthony Mantha, maybe. I mean, I thought they were better off with Verona, like for what they gave up. Like they're really all going for it. I mean, he's a nice piece, I guess. You know, just they're going to start to fall off. It's time. It, it really is. They drafted the freaking guy when they started the rebuild back in what, 2004, five? Yeah time it is it's going to be interesting so like the two kind of gatekeepers in pittsburgh and washington are kind of on the downswing and the teams that are typically at the bottom new jersey new york are kind of on the upswing carolina is going to be in the fight the blue jackets you know we'll see what they do they're going to you know grow and try to play the villain role all, all season long my question to you where do you think the flyers finish in this division I got them as of today at number two. And a lot of people think that some of the stuff I've read on Twitter and heard blows my mind. I get the Rasmus Ristolina stuff. Okay. You like analytics, you don't, whatever. Fine. Let's just throw that out the window. Ellis was a massive upgrade. Some of the trades we talk about, I kind of think of my Nolan Patrick for the guy from Edmonton trade. And I see what they got for Nolan Patrick and Myers. And it's like, Anything's possible. I can't, they what a, an amazing trade to bring in Ryan Ellis. Not only is he a stud in his own right, to put him with Provorov is going to be so good. Like I am so excited to see that. Dude, let me ask you a question real quick because you know with this whole Sandheim situation, even if he's paired with with uh, Ristolainen, and, and this is something that I haven't gotten over since the trade. I I, I don't think I like that pairing. Ristolainen and Sandheim. Like I'm trying, I've been trying to kind of twist my mind to to say, okay, you know what? I think I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot, but I don't really want to. So what I've been thinking about is, what if, like, is there any world where Ivan Provorov and Rasmus Ristolainen is the top line, and Ryan Ellis, Travis Sandheim's your second line, or vice versa? Sandheim, Ellis, your top line, Provorov, Ristolainen, your second line. I mean, anything's possible. I don't think you'll ever see Ristolainen on the top line because of what that's like defeats the purpose of what happened in Buffalo. However, Sandheim and Ellis on the top line isn't that crazy. I just can't see the Flyers doing that to Proveroff. He's been such a warrior for them, and you're gonna he's gonna play those like 25, 30 minutes a night. Sandheim's not doing that. And it comes down to that. Now, if you're looking at just straight up pairings, yeah, that can make sense. But when I look at it logistically, how many minutes Provorov plays and how many minutes they don't want Ristolainen to play based on his skill. Um, I can't see it happening unless they come out how we think they're going to come out and they falter. Then anything's game. Because at that point, Vigneault's job is probably going to be on the line and he's going to have to make changes, uh, at least him or his assistant coaches. So I don't think it's as bad as you're making it out to be. I think the fact that Ristolainen has a defensive partner like Sandheim could benefit him as long as they each know who's got what role. And I hope they stay together as long as possible. So they have that. I know where he's going to be mentality at all times, because that is, that goes a long chemistry. Very underrated. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I really think if they just say, hey, uh, I'm the offensive guy, you're the big guy, it's going to be harder for you to get back than it is for me. I'm going to go forward. You're going to stay back. It is what it is. And they have that kind of understanding. I think it could work fine. I, you can't take what you've seen in Buffalo and and just like worry about it because it's That's such a sure. dumpster fire up there. Look at Darlene. I brought this up so many times. Like everybody shits on Ristolainen. Darlene was the number one overall pick. The word generational was flirted with his name. Everybody who went after him, pretty much everybody, has been good, very good. And he's struggling in Buffalo. He's barely doing anything. Like, come on. If that's not a sign, what is? The yeah. only player to be drafted is Eichel, who's a literal generational player, and he wants out. He's being traded. I agree. Right. I just I can't put too much stock in how bad things are in Buffalo. Let it play out, then we'll see. All right. We're gonna see. You have you have the Flyers second. If the Flyers Hey, if the Flyers are contending for a division again, I'm ex- I'll be excited. I- it's going to be a fun year, that's for sure. Uh, I think they're built for the. So this this is going to come off the wrong way, but it- just take it for what it is. I think they're built for the regular season. I think they're going to have regular season success. I think it's going to be a fun year. We're going to have fun watching the Flyers again. It's going to be fun watching guys like Atkinson, you know, real defensive players like Ryan Ellis again. First the line, and I'm sure we'll do some fun things. Carter Hart's going to improve. The team's going to improve as a whole. They're going to be fun to watch. We have a lot to look forward to this year. Um, you know, we could go on and on about the Flyers. Uh, you know, I mentioned we have a surprise coming for you guys Sunday. There's more stuff coming out Wednesday. So, unfortunately, we have to keep this show to just about an hour so we're going to end the episode here. I'm going to give you a to-be-continued on where I think the Flyers are going to finish in the division just to keep you guys hanging on a little bit, huh. right? So a little cliffhanger for you. It might be good. I think it's good. Uh, but as we mentioned here, that there's a lot of competition within the division. It's going to be a crazy year, man. The Metro's back, Jack. Metro is back. There is like really one bottom dweller. And after that, it's going to be tough. Dude, it's going to be a friggin' Royal Rumble. And I'm looking forward to it. So um, for Kyle, uh, you can find him at WarnerKyle29. Jack, you can find Jack underscore HW Radio. And me, at your mic, HW. Follow the podcast on Twitter, social media, at HW Radio 18. We'll be back with the show next Tuesday. Uh, Jack, you got a full circle this weekend or was that last weekend? Uh, I normally would, but I will be in the Poconos. So oh, unless I figure something out, you basically live in the Poconos anymore. <laughs> it's true. And everything happens in the Poconos. Last time I went to the Poconos, flyer straight for Ellis. <laughs> it was insane. Maybe a huge Sandheim trade while you're up there. That's going to do it boys and girls. Uh, for, for Kyle and Jack, I'm Jim. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>